Welcome to Points of Change with Johnny Ball, the show where week by week I will be chatting with coaches, trainers, mentors, experts, visionaries, change makers, people with amazing transformational stories and experiences, and people who are helping others to create transformation in their lives. Stay tuned and make sure you subscribe, don't miss an episode. Welcome to Points of Change, the show that is about life transformations and the people who help other people to make those happen in their lives. And today we're going to be talking about physical transformation, something we haven't got to yet on the show. We're going to be talking about how to have more energy, how to be performing at your peak, at your optimal. As an entrepreneur or a business owner, this is probably going to be very useful for you because my guest today has expertise in working with people just like us to help us achieve more energy and better output and feeling great about ourselves all the time. So please welcome to the show, Ian Iyer. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Great to be here. Thank you for coming and joining me. T tell us, uh, Ian, a little bit more about exactly what you do and the kinds of people you work with. Sure, okay. What I do really in a nutshell is I help people who, for whatever reason, have got to a point in their life where energy is the enemy. It could be initially a little bit of mental energy, it could be physical energy, it's normally a bit of both. So I predominantly work with entrepreneurs, business owners, people who are dealing with quite a lot of stress and normally it's because that stress has started to erode away at their energy levels and maybe their passion has just dipped a little bit. Maybe they're not seeing the results that they were seeing originally when they started or maybe they're facing obstacles that they haven't done before. So whenever there's a transition in their life, that tends to start to take their energy quite rapidly. And unfortunately, most entrepreneurs and business owners tend to then go to the default action of do more. <laughs> I've been guilty of this myself. I can um, relate, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, as I'm sure most people can. Uh, and we get in that situation of are we overwhelmed, are we overloaded? And the entrepreneurial spirit tends to kick in and say, you know what, keep going, keep your eyes on the prize. Uh, and unfortunately, if you continue down that road, what tends to happen is eventually at some point you're going to burn out. But on the road to burnout, there's many times and many signs of low energy that you can actually do something about. And that's where it really stems from, is really taking care of the physical side first, and that starts to feed into all the other areas of your life that you really want to see those benefits from. And I think the, the people that I help don't necessarily see that kind of direct correlation initially until they start to see the effects of it. So I start to basically help yeah. people put these systems in place so they can actually get this energy every day to perform at their peak. I see. Ian, what was it that made you want to do this kind of work, and I don't just mean specifically the, the work, people you're working with now, but physical training in, in general, was this something that you started out wanting to do from an early age or something that you ended up moving into later on? For me, I was always quite sporty when I was younger and I really enjoyed the feeling and everything that came with that and I suppose the competition element. So I was probably always quite entrepreneurial minded when I was younger. And then when I started to work in the corporate world quite early on, that kind of got beaten out of me very quickly because it suddenly changed to early mornings, late nights, entertaining clients, all this sort of stuff. And it was a real work hard, play hard culture. This was back in the, the sort of mid nineties. And at, at that moment in time, films like Wall Street were heralded and films like Boiler Room, things like that were real salesy, work hard, play hard, live in the moment situation. And the environments were very different to they are now, of course. HR was there, not in the same way. and. All the sport, physical exercise, everything looking after my body went out the window for a good probably eight to ten year period. And I suffered massively during that period, I really did. And it took it took a near death experience effectively to change that and, and turn that around and really see that looking after my body was something I needed to do and it wasn't just a nice to have. Uh, and when that happened, that's when it really made me wake up and go, you know what? There's more to life than just working hard and playing hard. You can do more than that, you can have more than that. And as a child of divorce as well, I'd seen that my, my dad had gone down the career and the corporate ladder and climbed as high as he could, but at the cost of the family as well. So there was all these kind of things in my head of if I can help other people to navigate their way through this and not actually experience what I've experienced, not go to that extreme, then I'm sure I can help a lot of people really get to where they need to get to quicker. And that's when I started to look at how yeah. to, to train and become uh, a specialist in not only fitness, but nutrition and mindset as well. And, uh, and that's what I did. Great. 
How important is physical fitness for business owners and executives? It's massive. It's absolutely massive. I think it's hugely overlooked because I think that in this modern society we live in, there's a lot of things in the, the sort of social media world of have these routines and rituals and, and things to prop you up and keep you going and keep you positive almost. But I think that having a pillar of physical fitness behind everything means that whether you did well at work or you didn't, whether your life is going as planned or not, you've got this constant to fall back on all the time. And that gives you the basis to, to a platform for success for everything else, because if everything else goes wrong, you've at least got that going right in your life. And I think too many people as well, they tend to put so much emphasis on the success of their business. And that's great and it's fantastic, but they quite often achieve that success, but don't have the health to go with it. And it's too late sometimes to get that back. So I try and teach people philosophy of, look, there's a bit more balance involved here for sure. But ultimately, there are going to be times when your life's out of balance. But if you've got the physical side down already, every day you're going to have more energy, you're going to think clearer, you're going to make better decisions, you're going to have more focus in your business because you're physically capable of what's going on. And the other thing is as well that people really overlook is that when you work with your body physically every day, you really internalize your thoughts. You get much better thinking processes going on. You've got headspace. It's away from everything else that's going on and you're overcoming physical challenges. And that hugely benefits you in the corporate or entrepreneurial world because every day you're faced with challenges. Sometimes you have no idea what to do with them. But the fact that you're dealing with challenges on a daily basis, it builds that level of resilience as well. So I think the muscles you create in the gym massively influence the muscles you build in business as well. Yeah, how do you begin to start to have a physical transformation then? What are the first steps that you would start working? Let's say I was your client. What's the first thing we would do together to turn that transformation? Hmm. Step number one, I think we have to identify where you are and be honest about it. I think that's the, the, the number one thing is that a lot of people aren't really honest about it. So quite often clients will come to me and say, I'm not feeling at my best. I need to lose X amount of pounds. And they put the issues that they're suffering onto a surface level problem. And what we'll do is we'll actually dig a bit deeper and find out why do you need to feel like you need to lose that weight, but where did it come from in the first place? What's going on in your life? Where are you exactly? Once we have that clear picture and that honesty, then we can say, okay, well, we know where you are. Where is it you want to be? And we can talk about what that looks like. And quite often people under, they, they put this, this idea of where they want to be much lower than it should be. Their expectations are much lower. Like secretly, they might go, I really want to look really ripped and whatever. But, so they say, I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, cool, what's 10 pounds loss going to do for you? And invariably, quite often, 10 pounds loss isn't going to do very much. And effectively, you could do that in a couple of weeks without much instruction or anything else. It's more about what happens on the journey to getting to that end result. First of all, we want to know where you are, where you want to go. Then we want to 10X where you want to go because we want to see a real transformation and a real difference in your life. And then we plot out the steps to get there. And then it's just about taking the action and putting those systems into your life every day so that you do them and you don't even think about them. They're automatic. They're not big deals. They don't take up all of your time and they don't interfere with your life. Because I think a big thing that certainly business owners have a big fear of is, I know I want to physically feel better and look better and be better, but I don't have the time. And you're right, you don't have the time. So it's better to focus on a system rather than focusing on the individual actions all the time. And then that way, as the system grows, you can put more into it. If you've got less time, you can take that system and just dial it back a bit, but it's always there for you. So the transformation really comes on the journey, not just on the end result itself. I would say as well, from my own experience too, that not putting health and fitness as a priority is very short-term thinking. It's not looking at the big picture. You might save time on the day. You might save time now, but ultimately in your life, you're not saving time. If you want to have more life and more quality of life, you need to take care of our, our meat bag that we live in and, uh, and make sure it's in yeah. good as condition as possible. But even beyond that, some of my experience has been, I have, since the start of this year, I've managed to get myself back on my ketogenic diet and it's been going pretty well. But I noticed such a big difference in how I feel energy wise, how I feel in clarity of mind that I can 
do so much more. I'm so much more capable than I am yeah. if I'm not active, if I'm not uh, really looking after myself. And that, that gets turned up even more with exercise as well in my experience. Is that something you often see with clients? hundred percent. The term transformation for me in the fitness industry, I think is overused and under delivered quite a lot. Because for most people, the transformation when they talk about that in the fitness industry is I looked like X and now I look like Y. That's for me not the transformation. The transformation is when I see clients that come to me and when we start working out, they don't have any confidence physically. They don't have any confidence in how they feel. They might be really good at what they do for, for their work career and they're really competent and really confident in that. But when it comes to things outside of that, they don't have confidence. And then after working together for a period of time, these people are so confident. They enter crazy competitions to go and do like Tough Mudders or jump out of a perfectly good airplane for charity, which is something they'd never consider doing. Or even as bold as, I've been doing this line of work because I know, but it's not what I love. And we work together for a while and they go, you know what, life's too short. I've got energy, I've got focus, I've got clarity. I wanna go and do something I really wanna do. So for me, the transformation is huge, absolutely. And it's really short-term thinking because if you put something off to tomorrow and tomorrow never comes, you're making yourself physically worse day by day by day. And no one looks back and regrets, I, I didn't put that extra week of work in. They regret not laying the foundations for things that allow them to live a better, happier life. And this is just a no brainer. We're designed as machines to move. We're designed as machines to run as optimally as we can. And as you said, I mentioned the ketogenic diet there. Now that's not for everyone, but for the people it works for really well, and obviously you're getting the benefits yourself, it's fantastic because it just optimizes your system. And that's really what it comes down to is that if you've never trained in any way before, you've never really thought about your, your diet or your health in that way, think about your body as a machine. Think about if, you've, if you're in a position where you're fortunate enough to own a, a Lamborghini, for example, you're not gonna go and put the cheapest, horriblest petrol you can find in it because you wanna look after the machine that you've built that you're proud of, you've got at home, that's great. It's the same with your body. You want it to run as smoothly and optimally as possible. Otherwise, it's gonna break down. And when it does, it's extremely costly and it takes a long time to fix. So you're absolutely right, it saves time, it creates time and yeah, yeah it's just, it's a no brainer for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if anyone from Lamborghini is listening and wants to drop in a line as a, and give them a thank you for giving you a name drop on the show, uh, please feel free to get in contact with us. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's, a nice, it's a nice metaphor, Ian. And I know that some people who might be feeling that they need to start that journey or they'd like to start that journey and don't quite know how, maybe wondering about things like whether, you, whether it's best to start with nutrition or exercise or whether the two have to go hand in hand from the very start. Yeah. So when you're talking about energy itself, obviously in terms of how we as humans get our energy is from the food sources and things that we consume. That's how we're taking in energy into our body. But then really it's about how we then develop that energy going forward. So for me, looking after your diet is definitely the best starting place for anyone. The nutrition side is huge, right? If you want to look a certain way and you want to perform a certain way, that has to do with what you're intaking into your body. And the flip side of that is then what you're doing with your movement. How many calories are you burning a day per day? How much do you need? It's the other side of that equation to balance that out. And once you know that, you can start to tailor what you want to do and how you want to perform. Because I'll give you an example, most clients that I start to work with, they have the ambition of looking better, feeling better, performing better. But they don't really define that and what that actually is. After we start working together for a short period, they realize they're so much stronger, so much more capable. And then the bar goes up. Okay, now I can do this. And I didn't realize I could do this. I want to push it further. So the exercise part is huge. But if you're going to start out, I would say start with the nutrition first because it's the easiest, lowest barrier to entry for everyone. Everyone has to eat. <laughs> you don't have to have real great knowledge about it. But what you can start to do is just look at what it is you intake and how much you intake. And that's probably a good place to start. What, in your opinion, are the nutritional no-nos that people should try and move away from? In terms of nutritional no-nos, really, I think there's a few things that I would, I wouldn't say rules necessarily, but certainly guidelines that I tend to give people to stick to. Number one, if you really want to feel good and you want to perform at your peak every day, then you want to eat as many whole foods as you possibly can. 
Whole foods are simply, by definition, a food that contains one ingredient itself. Anything that you can get in that bracket is gonna be good. It's gonna be more beneficial than the processed stuff because your body is already, every day, trying to process so many different things throughout the day. You don't wanna to add to that and, and add more errors to the system, just like a computer going through a defrag and trying to do all these things and then freezing up on you. So taking the processed food out can have a massive effect. Quite often when I work with people, the first couple of weeks of working with them, we will just do, not a detox or even a, an elimination, but we will just take out certain foods that are very polluting to their system. Now that difference alone is huge because it means that they feel a hell of a lot better, they sleep better, uh, they start to lose excess weight. And it's not normally actually fat straight away, it's normally um, just excess water weight that's stored, any toxins that are coming out, and anything that they just don't need that's residually sitting there in their body. Aside from that, I would say to anyone, track your calories. And this is something that if you're not used to doing can be seen as quite a negative. And I completely disagree. I think it's like anything, right? If you're a target driven person and if you're in business for yourself, you should be to some level guided by KPIs or targets. Just like you are in business, you have to track those to understand where you are and if you're on target and what you're gonna hit and achieve. You need to be doing that with your calorie intake as well. Because it's no good saying I've eaten X and Y and, and that's okay and then I've gone and done this and but my weight's not changed or I don't feel any different. If you're not tracking, you don't know what's going on. You don't really know what the answers are. So using something like MyFitnessPal, for example, which is a completely free app, is perfect because it gives you the ability to track what you're taking in. You can even track exercise alongside that as well and you can see where that balance point is. And then you can start to see how you feel every day. If what you're eating already, is it working for you? And if it's not, you can change it. Yeah, and it's important to be honest about that cheeky Mars bar you had in the car on the way to the office <laughs> and stuff, right? Absolutely, yeah. I think this is the thing, right? When you're tracking, track everything. Because here's why. We are very much born and bred liars to ourselves. We lie to ourselves every day. Whether it's consciously or subconsciously, it doesn't matter. But as you're absolutely right, it's, you know, if you get to the end of the day and then sit down and go, oh, what did I have? You're only really gonna remember what you've had in the last couple of hours. You're not gonna remember everything. So you just sit there, you track it, it takes two seconds, it's done. But that Mars bar sits there. And if every day you're going, keep feeling a bit slumpy in the afternoon, why is that? And every lunchtime you're having that Mars bar, there's a strong chance that's causing you problems. You can eradicate that out really quickly. Mm. And it's just knowing, as you say, having that level of honesty about what you're doing is enough to push you to get to that next level sometimes. Yeah, I say this not to sort of throw judgment on anyone else, but only on myself really. From what I know I used to do, like things you'd sneakily eat and think, no one really sees me eating it, I just forget about it and the calories <laughs> don't count. But of course they do. Yeah. Uh, and as you say, it, we deceive ourselves. We're very good at doing that. But I, I love what you're saying about tracking. I think it's really important to do that. We know that what you track, you increases and, and you get more of it so it helps you stay focused on it and you start to see what's really going on and i think that's the most important thing there it gives you a, a real picture of what's really going on with your diet and the opportunity to see where there is room for improvement just as i know that you mentioned about setting yourself some specific goals for your fitness that i know if i just have the goal of well, i just want to feel better i just want to have more energy that's not enough for me i need some deliverables i need some specifics that i'm aiming for and one of the ways i help myself with that is tracking what i do especially when i'm doing weights workouts so i can see whether i'm able to lift up my weights and, and the increments that i'm going on to but i think it, it makes a big difference when you can have those sorts of um, targets to to move yourself towards as to wanting to achieve something particular like maybe it is a certain amount you want to lift or maybe it's a certain distance you want to run or entering a competition like you're talking about what are some good places to start for your initial goals and targets it definitely comes down to two things one having that honesty as to where you are at the moment so if we said, for example, someone's a complete beginner to exercise, and, and I had a client that I worked with not long ago who literally in all of their years of life had never set foot in a gym, hadn't played sports, and hadn't really moved their body in anger in any way since they were at school. And this was quite a few years beyond that. And for them, movement patterns were tough. So things that someone else might find very simple if they've been working out for a while, like a squat or a lunge or a press-up position or, or a plank position, anything like that was very challenging for him because he just hadn't had any kind of reason to do it. 
Now, the body's actually designed to have these basic movement patterns inbuilt, which is why when you watch a toddler and they drop something on the floor, they might go, oopsie, and they pop the perfect squat. <laughs> Their form is exemplary, it's mm. fantastic. They bend at the knees, they bend at the hips, their back's up straight, they pick it up, and they, they don't bend their back over, they don't cause themselves any problems. It's intrinsically in us. We know these movement patterns, but as we get older, we get lazy, our muscles get tighter, we don't use them, we don't practice them, and it gets tough. So I'd say, number one, if you're starting out and you don't know where to start, go onto anywhere like Google, for example, or YouTube's a great resource, and just look at the basic movement patterns. Because if you can start to master them very quickly, without any additional weight, just your own body, you start to become much more in tune with where you are in your journey. You start to feel where the tightness might be, any restrictions, and you can start to work through those. Um, the biggest mistake I think people make is that they get really excited and go, I'm going to start now and I want to get to my goal and my goal is over there. And they go hell for leather. And invariably, if they haven't done something for a long time or they've been at a slower pace, they're just going to set themselves up for injury. So it's really important, just like mm -hmm. anything, if you think about how you got to where you are as a beginner in the first place, if you wanted to lose weight, for example, or you're unfit, you got there day by day consistently to that point where you're starting. And we need to get you back from there day by day consistently as well. You're not going to get there in two weeks or three weeks or whatever it be. It needs to be a lifelong change with some very specific deliverables along the way to keep you motivated and to give you that feedback so you know you're on the right track. But having realistic goals is great. I think sometimes people are, are a little bit unrealistic about what they can achieve in, in three months when it's taken them 30 years to get to where they are. Sure. <laughs> so sometimes it's a, an exercise. Yeah, it takes a while to undo the absolutely, damage. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and managing people's expectations is a really big one for that. You might sometimes have clients who are, oh, if we're going to work together for 12 weeks, for example, what can I expect to achieve? And I say, really, it depends on what you want to put into it. But from where you are now, it could be really good results quite quickly because of where you are at the moment. Versus other people come in and say, I've got a wedding in, in 16 weeks. Can you get me ready for my wedding? What do you want to look like for your wedding in 16 weeks? I want to look like, you know. Brad Pitt. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, okay. Managing your expectations without it being very dangerous to your health, I'm going to say probably not, but we can get a really big chunk of the way there. You know, we can really go yeah, for it. We can get you looking better. Absolutely. How long do you think would be realistic for most people to achieve to achieve a full physical transformation? And I know it depends on where you start from, but I mean, for on average. Yeah, I think that's the big catalyst is where your starting point is, and and for you where that transformation ends as well. So, for most people, what what most average people can achieve in a, a twelve or sixteen week period, for example is phenomenal, it really is. If they apply themselves, if they really want to do it, um, if they use the right mechanisms of nutrition, working on the right training and recovery, which is massive, people massively overlook that, but the ability to sleep properly at night and recover and restore. If you put those things into place and it's consistent and it builds up and it gets you to where you need to be, I've seen and I've created some dramatic transformations, really wow kind of things. On the flip side of that, as I say, when you've got people who are starting from a much further afield position, you really need to look at great, you can achieve some fantastic results in 12 weeks or 16 weeks, but that shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be, how do I get to a quality of life? I am really looking forward to doing things every day and enjoying the benefits of the energy and the performance and not where I am now, where I'm feeling sluggish, tired, unconfident, unhappy, I'm not resting properly, I'm not sleeping properly, and having all of these issues that are really just symptoms of a much bigger problem. Mm. And I think that's the thing, is that the answer is you can get dramatic trends. Personally, for someone who's trained quite well, for example, in 12 weeks, it's phenomenal. You could take someone who's out of shape a bit, but is used to working out, and in 12 weeks, they can look like a cover model because you, you just leverage the mechanisms that are already there and they've just got to put a bit of the work in. But for complete, absolute newbies, partly genetics comes into it a little bit. Some people are genetically adept to building muscle quite quickly and shedding fat quite quickly once the right stimulus is applied. And other people are genetically not so blessed. And unfortunately for them, it's a lot harder work. But you often find that the ones that are not so genetically blessed, when they start putting the work in and seeing the results, 
they tend to do it longer term because they tend to go, I enjoy this, I'm seeing this, this is good, and I don't want to go back to where I was. Whereas the people who are more genetically blessed sometimes go through a period of intense transformation and then tend to go, hmm, oh, that was okay, and it only took 12 weeks, so maybe I can afford to slip back into the old ways a bit and then do it again. And, uh, and that's a big difference as well. So I think transition and transformation are two different things in, in, in the fitness world. Yeah, but the, the goal should be ultimately for, for everybody to find something that's going to be long-term sustainable to keep you at, at an optimal level of health and fitness, right? Yeah, 100%. I, I think at the end of the day, it's like anything. If you were to take a job that you didn't like, now you had bills to pay, so you went and did it. But the second that you can get another job doing something that you think, whether you do or not, but you think you'd prefer to do, that at least pays the same amount of money, you're gonna jump ship because you didn't like the job. And it's the same when it comes to fitness. It's got to be sustainable. If you're eating a diet that you just managed to eat, regardless of how effective it is or it isn't, it's not for you. If you're trying to do weightlifting when weightlifting just sends shudders down your spine, then it's not for you. Same as if you're for me, a big one was always running. I, I just not a natural runner. I don't enjoy running. <laughs> right. However, if it's a sport and I have to run, love it. Absolutely love it. If it's tennis, squash, football, anything like that, where I have to run after something and there's a reason to do it, I don't even think about the running. That is just a, you know a, a means to an end, and that's fantastic. But if someone said to me, from tomorrow in, that's it. The only way you can stay in shape is by running. I'd be like. Pass me the Sara Lee double chocolate gatto. It still exists. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> I'll be piling it in. <laughs> and I think that's the same for anyone. It has to be approachable and where you are. Yeah, yeah. I'm similar. Yeah, yeah. I, I, when I think about running, I, I just think about all the stitches I used to get when I, when I was younger, <laughs> even when I was more in shape. And I've always disliked it. But... There are so many other forms of exercise that I absolutely love that there's no shortage of options for me, but I agree. Running is not my favorite, but for some people it is. <laughs> I do yeah. know people yeah. who've started doing, who've started that and ended up loving it. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure it can be a, a great way to go. But th this then leads me to ask what kind of exercises are more generally good for people? Should, should people generally be thinking about aerobic exercise should they be thinking about weights should it be some sort of combination and again it may depend on where they are but what is usually optimal for people sure across the board regardless of where you are age sex size doesn't really matter we should all as human beings we should be mixing up a combination of resistance work with cardiovascular work one on the cardio side i think everyone gets the idea of that when you're training your heart and a lot of people tag cardio onto sort of weight loss or fat loss, which yes, it can benefit that, but equally so can strength training, resistance training in any form can also do that. So I think to separate the two, you need to have resistance training in some form or another, whether it's body weight, whether you're using additional weights like actual weight lifting, or whether you're using resistance bands, swimming is cardiovascular, but it's also a form of resistance as well because you're pushing and pulling through the water. So anything where you're using additional force to, to move your muscles through time and space is a resistance-based training. It's essential because we need to keep our skeletal muscle system in top shape to last longer and do more throughout our life. It's really simple. If you see people in their sort of 80s and 90s who are still very capable, have good posture, can go walking around doing the things they want to do versus the people that are, either didn't make it to that stage of life or are very hunched and not able to do things, the difference is one of them has been working more throughout their life, whether they've intended or not, on resistance work as well as other things. So yeah. that's a massive must have. The cardiovascular side is just as equally as important as well, because there's no point in you looking and feeling fantastically strong and everything else if your heart's about to give up. So you do need to work <laughs> your cardiovascular system on a regular basis. And, and I think another important aspect to that as well that's overlooked is keeping your body in a healthy state doesn't necessarily look like a particular person or, or shape. And I think this is worth pointing out. People who are, have a, a six pack physique, for example, and you can see every muscle and sinew, could very much be like a piece of fruit that's rotten on the inside. It looks perfect on the outside, can't wait to peel it open, but on the inside, 
there is disease there waiting. And I say this because mm. sometimes the mechanisms you can use to get to look like that, they're not conducive to health. They're just conducive to a shape, a size, a weight. Equally, you can get someone who's a bit bigger and in great shape physically in terms of health, but they might not reflect it in terms of aesthetics at that moment in time. So it's important to do a mixture of everything for sure to keep yourself as healthy as possible. But if you really want to dial up your results, you're going to mix progressive strength training. So the term progressive overload, just meaning you're adapting to the load over time and you're increasing it as you go. And then also increasing the amount of cardio resistance you can get as well. So if you're running, for example, you start out doing uh, you know, a 15 minute jog, over time increasing that to a faster pace and or a fast uh, a longer time duration as well and that's going to get you really good results what in your experience are the main forms of resistance that you encounter with people when it comes to doing exercise it's tough <laughs> it's it's the thing is it's so rewarding because it is tough the term i think that is most applicable to it for for most people is basically deliberate practice is the term. If you're, for example, really good at, let's say you're really good at sales and you've just done it for years, okay? And for you, it seems like it's very natural now because you've done it for years. The truth is you've done it for years, you've practiced it. And probably when you were a kid, you were really good at selling your parents and that's how you got into it in the first place. But anyway, that aside, it feels natural, it's easy. So for you to keep doing sales, no problem, you can do it all day long. But when it's something you're not good at, you have to deliberately practice it to get better. And it's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna be potentially physically painful. Obviously it shouldn't be causing you sharp shooting pains, but initially we've got what you call the DOMS, the delayed onset of muscle soreness, a day or two days after doing a physical workout if you're not used to it. These are real and they affect most people. Now a lot of people will attribute that in a good way, go, oh, I can feel it, so that's good, it's working. Some people will be completely put off by it. Then there's the time issue. I don't have time. And as we've already addressed, you don't have the time not to, because actually if you put it in, even if it's a small amount every day, you're gonna save time, you're gonna increase your energy, you're gonna make better decisions, have better focus, and you're not gonna have as much time in your day chasing your tail and being defocused and not performing at your peak. It saves time. Money I don't think is a valid yeah. one for anyone. I don't think for anyone that's valid, because I think you can start with nothing. You could go today, Go onto Google, go onto YouTube, and you could find out where do I start, go for a walk, go for a run, very simply. So I don't think that's an issue, and I don't think information is an issue. The biggest thing that holds people back, however, I think, is accountability. Whether that's accountability to someone like myself, accountability to a group, or even accountability to themselves. I think if you're trying to do something that's out of your comfort zone, that you're not used to doing, and you're going to make a big commitment to it, you need to tell as many people in your life as possible, especially those people who are the kind of people who are going to hold you to it. <laughs> you know, the ones who, if you yeah. said, I'll pay you £100 if I fail, the ones who will actually take the £100. <laughs> those are the people you really need to tell. <laughs> yeah, I know, I get that. It, it sometimes surprises people that I have a, a black belt. Mm -hmm. And probably the only reason I got that is because I used to make myself promise to the club the night before. I would call up the sensei and say, I will see you tomorrow morning because then I've made my commitment yeah. and it was that accountability that got me even though I always knew I'd feel better after training and all those kinds of things it was making those commitments to the other people in the group that got me to turn up on a regular basis so I think that's super important how much of a difference do you think it makes working with somebody like yourself as opposed to trying to do it yourself or do it with apps and things two things i think are really important there number one personally when i was originally learning after my health scare to what to do i did a very probably stereotypical thing as a guy at the time anyway not so much now because it's changed a bit but at the time i was like i need to start i need to do i need to find out information so i bought men's health <laughs> i bought men's health every single month for about two years looking for inspiration mm -hmm. on what to do and i just went from workout to workout and I didn't really progress. I felt good that I was doing something, but I didn't really have any knowledge and I didn't know what, what to do next and how to actually progress it going forward. So I then went down the route of, okay, can I find more information? And eventually I bit the bullet and went, you know what, I'm gonna get someone who actually knows what they're talking about. So I hired a PT. And that was a game changer for me because it was like, 
I'm getting better results in the first four weeks of working with this guy than I did the last two years of trying to do it by myself. So I think number one is it's always when you're working with someone, you've got that shortcut to success. They've either done it themselves, which certainly I have, or you've helped other people to achieve it. So you know where the pitfalls are, where the mistakes are, and you can navigate them quickly. So that's number one. I think number two, the difference is when you go it alone sometimes that by not having that level of accountability, even if you have put it out to other people and everything else, you still have yourself and you can always let yourself down. Because if you've got that agreement with yourself where, you know, if I don't feel like it today, I just won't do it, that's okay. But if you've got that commitment to show up to someone else and there, for me, accountability isn't like a stick to be beaten with. Accountability is, if someone says we've got a meeting on Thursday, I'm gonna sit there on Thursday with them and say, tell me about your last week. What did you do? Did you do what we discussed you would do? And then it's that level of accountability of them recounting what they have done. And if they haven't, why not? We can address it and move on because this is the other thing. If you don't have that kind of soundboard back to yourself as well, you might be making really simple mistakes that then put you off from doing it and you just don't know. Because ultimately we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> so for me, I think it's really, it's, it's a no brainer. I, I see a, a complete mix of people. Number one category of, I've tried everything else and now I'm willing to just pay someone to solve the problem. Number two, people who already recognize that by having that coaching element, they're gonna get ahead quicker and they don't want to waste time, money, effort taking the long way. They just wanna get the results as quickly as possible because they know it's gonna benefit them. Yeah. So it's, it's normally a combination of those two people. Now, I would say, and again, this comes from my own experience as to why I asked this, but um, a lot of people end up thinking about working with trainers who might be at the gym that they go to and but that may not, may not always be the best people for you to work with what advice would you have for finding yourself a good personal trainer sure really key this one and i made a mistake myself i had probably about two or three personal trainers as i moved around and went to different places and the first one that i worked with very lucky that it worked really well not only in terms of results but we got on really well then i found i just assumed that's what happened and then we moved and I got another personal trainer, just exactly as you said, they went to the local gym, where this is my gym, they've got PTs, oh, you're available, great. Terrible relationship, absolutely terrible. <laughs> to, to the point where I actually didn't want to go to the gym, and I was actually not going to the gym to avoid the PT. And what was the problem? The problem really was personality. Again, it comes down to, if you're gonna be accountable to someone, you're gonna work with someone, you need to get on with them. They need to be someone that you can respect enough to not want to let down, you can understand that they've got the knowledge and experience to get you to where they are. Now, as a qualified PT, they should have that anyway, but obviously results vary depending on, on the people and their background. Of course. But the other thing is, is I've got clients that have come to me and said, it's brilliant to work with you. After working for a little while, and I was like, oh, thank you very much, what, what do you mean? Because I worked with someone previously and they were like a drill sergeant, and that just didn't work for me. And absolutely, but again, if it does work for you, working with me might not be your best option. And that's the real key to it, is that everyone's different. So you need to find a personality of someone who's got that blend of experience, background, but also someone that, if you're on a, a wet Wednesday and it's pitch dark outside or whatever, they're gonna help you to get where you need to get to. You're not gonna avoid them because it's really easy to avoid Kevin at the gym that you don't like. <laughs> and that wasn't his name, by the way, no, not naming any names. But yeah, it's, it's got to be a personal level match as well. Otherwise, if you're working for someone with a, a chunk of time, it's not gonna work. Yeah, I get that. And uh, yeah, I've had mixed experiences with personal trainers in the past, much like yourself. It is, it's always, I've always wondered what are some good ways to, to do that or what's really a primary focus. And I guess having that good relationship with them is probably the most important thing. And also hopefully makes you look forward to doing your training with them. And that's another good thing. I think there are so many social elements to this. And, and, and maybe that's one of the things I wanted to, to hit on before, before we start wrapping things up today. But I would say, Certainly people, if people have let them, really let themselves go uh, and do have years of damage to try and repair and sort of thinking, oh, this is going to be a long journey. It's going to be, and that might in itself put them off wanting to get started, knowing how much uh, it's going to be uh, hard work. But I think that there is a level of shame attached to being out of shape and being overweight still. And 
probably I still think of it as being the last acceptable prejudice that that people still think it's okay to make jokes about people who are overweight and so there is that sort of shame and I think that puts a lot of people off going to gyms and the likes if they're yeah and if they're out of shape that people are going to be uh, looking at them and laughing behind the backs and or maybe you're not to their backs or making jokes about them how do you help people perhaps to to get past that well you're absolutely right it's a great question it's very real I've had many clients um, that come to me and say, I just don't want to go to the gym. It's a big confidence issue. I don't like the way I look or feel. And I feel like people are looking at me. And the first thing I always try to reassure people with is, as an aside, not as a fix, if you like, but is the truth is 99.9% of people in the gym, when they're there, are there to do what they need to do. And even if they catch your eye line or they see you, whatever, you're almost like a just a, a quick afterthought in their sort of rest of oh I've got to do my next set in a second so that that's the first thing you might catch their eye but really they're not really thinking about you but that aside the fact that you're considering starting something tells me that you want more out of your life you want to make a change which is brilliant and we need to remove the shame of I should get in shape or I should look a certain way or I should feel a certain way and we need to really work on replacing that mindset with this is a must because I must feel as good as I can. I must look and my uh, reflect how I want to feel and look when I look in the mirror because that's what I want, not because I feel shame about doing it and not having it. And I think that's the important part of it really is that for me, being a PT helps you physically to do the work. Me being a coach, I work on the mindset a lot with people because it's that that sometimes is the biggest barrier of all. When you think about it, there's not a lack of information in 2021 and people can find out how to go to the gym and do whatever they want to do. But you're right, the biggest barrier for a lot of people is that mindset of, I've got fears, I've got concerns, I'm really far from my journey, don't know, so do I even get started? The mental blocks are huge. And that's what we really work on those first few weeks is that while we're starting to get those people moving and doing the basics, start building up the, uh, the mental capacity to take it on board and really start to realize what that transformation is going to do for them. Because ultimately, as someone moving away from something is a massive driver, they're also moving towards something they want. And then somewhere on that transformation, it stops being a should, it becomes a must and they realize that this is not just for 12 weeks or this is something that is going to benefit them every day this is a way of life now and that's when the magic really happens that's when a transformation switch comes on when you can see people they're no longer talking about or well, what do i need to do and they talk about what i do and their identity shifts they now become this person who just adapts to i am the person who works out i am the person who watches what i eat i am an everyday athlete and that is, that's when the magic happens, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. It, it's a shame in many ways that you can't just put somebody into that experience of what they can achieve already, like how that's going to feel, how you look, how you feel energy-wise, all those things. You really can only imagine it when you're not there and uh, when you're heading towards it. But you know, I'd say from my experience, I've, I've still got a ways to go on getting myself, getting myself fitter. You know, I'm aware of that. And, and a big part of that is confidence as well. And we talked about, you know, I think a big part of bringing you on was to talk about people who are especially working for themselves or working in uh, companies that your your confidence in general is very affected if you don't feel like you're in good shape if you don't think you look good in your clothes if you think people are looking at you thinking oh you're a bit fat that it's it's very it's very damaging and it can cause all sorts of professional blockages as well and the reality is there will be people who are out there looking at you thinking that or who may even say it to you and and even I, i have had the experience of not getting certain roles that i've applied for being told that you know i didn't look like you know i needed to look like i was fitter that i was more in shape that that doesn't just make you feel bad it makes you feel horrible about yourself you didn't just get not get the job but you also got got kicked to the curb for how you look and things like that there's huge implications every reason to do something about it and and i say you know i used to find it a lot easier to get into these things when i was younger and as i approach 50 it's a bit slower it's a bit harder but i think it's still worth it Mm. i know the journey that i've made in since the start of the year really has been uh, incredible like i feel just so much better every day 
And I don't think I was in the worst place, but I know that I know there was a lot to do and there still is a lot to do, but I keep going and I know what I want to get to. I have my specific targets. Uh, and speaking to someone like you actually gives me more hope and inspiration. How long does it take for the for the endorphins to kick in when you start doing these things? Then you work out regimen. I think it's a, a fairly immediate effect because especially if you've been very sedentary, then all of a sudden your body is flooded with all of these great new chemicals that you haven't experienced for a long time. As I say, the, the first week of, of doing something where you haven't done something before, you're excited anyway. So even if you went in there and found it really tough, you're going to probably get through that first week just on a high of going, I'm doing this, I'm committed. Once that fades away, then you're gonna get that feedback loop of, okay, this is tough now, it's starting to, but I'm progressing, so I like that, that's good. I'm starting to see results, I'm starting to feel better. And uh, yeah, the endorphins are there, like definitely straight away. And you, you can feel it. I, I think the most basic form of exercise is going for a walk. And for me, the, the benefits of yeah. that alone are just massive. The headspace you get, the clarity, the the stress relieving, and then obviously the physical attributes as well. People have lost a phenomenal amount of weight in a year just by walking every day, doing nothing else, just purely going for a walk. So it's hugely beneficial and it's just anyone can do this, anyone can do this, but to really make that change that people really want to see in themselves, I think it's like a challenge. I think people see it as a bit of a challenge. They kind of go, you know what, I want to challenge myself to get to that next level that maybe I don't even know if I can get to, or I don't even know what it looks like yet because I've been in this place for so long. And that's what I see a lot of people going, right, this next period of time that I'm gonna work with you is a challenge for me. And I say, that's great. What I don't tell them is in the back of my mind, I don't want it to be a challenge because I want you to adopt to it being a way of life. And invariably that's what happens. They start with the challenge mentality, they start to get great results and then they start to go, why would I just do this for 12 weeks? And they start to put it into their life. And that's the biggest. That's the real goal. You mentioned an app earlier, My Fitness Pal. Are, are there any other books or resources that you could recommend for people to check out that might help them? Yeah, so I think um, in terms of getting started, if, you're, if your issue is not knowing what to do, Google and YouTube are your best friends. They really are. In terms of, can I do this exercise, whatever, there's tutorials, there's walkthroughs, absolutely everything you could ever imagine. In terms of nutrition, my fitness pal, 100%, because you can track what you're eating. There's free recipes on there, there's suggestions. You really can't go wrong with an app that A is free, but B is just giving you so much information that's relevant to what you're trying to do. And then I think if you're looking to try and put things together and, and create almost like a program of nutrition and exercise and recovery and everything else, then you might want to get a little bit more help with that from an expert or potentially get a book aligned to that, some kind of resource where it's tied in together. That's a little bit trickier because at that point, everyone has their own kind of slant on things. As you mentioned earlier, on like the ketogenic diet, for example, or it could be the carnivore diet, whatever it could be. There's all kinds of different mechanisms out there, but I think tracking is a great place to start for anyone. So if you, even if it's just a, a sheet of paper and you're doing some exercise and you can track what you did, how many of them you did, and what you felt like at the end, and then you could do the same workout again later on in the week and track it again and see if you can improve those scores. It's just really about optimizing as you go and then i think everyone gets to a point where they feel like i can't do any more by myself so i need to join a club or join a group or, or get some coaching or something and when that's right for you because you have that feeling of i know i can do more but i don't know i don't know <laughs> and that's that next level of getting beyond that really so that's why most of the the, the clients that i meet with we have uh, an initial sort of clarity session where we go what is it you're actually trying to achieve and we eke that out because nine times out of ten people don't know they just don't know what it is that they're capable of they don't know what's achievable and they're not really sure if it's something that they can actually do themselves or whether they need to go away and come back at another time or whatever yeah i think i think in terms of apps my fitness power in terms of resources google youtube definitely and a great book which is nothing to do with that specifically but just a great mindset book is is a book by uh, jen sincero called you're a badass and i just think that's a really good book especially on the audio version she reads it herself because it gives people that belief that you can do anything you want to do and if you're not quite there yet this might just push you over the edge to go i'm ready i'm going to get started so yeah that's what i would recommend 
And aside from that, I like that. something you can track your exercise with. So whether it's a... Uh, yeah, good idea. Oh man, yeah. Uh, I, I did, I, I got myself uh, an iWatch or something like that last year. <laughs> whatever they're called yeah. and uh, got rid of it within I think within the first week because of the I got fed up with the notifications but I have <laughs> been thinking about giving it I just don't want to be tracked and notified every yeah. five seconds when I get everything through uh, and I know that's going to be adjusted but I have been made been made aware of the amount of things that are available to help you track your steps track your fitness the new Apple watches can even do more they can even warn you of potential health issues and stuff like that it's that's quite right. incredible so I am rethinking I'm rethinking my stance of uh, so far being anti those sorts of devices <laughs> but yeah a good way to help people along for sure What's the best way for people to come and find out more about you and, and who kind of people you work with? Yeah, sure. You can check me out on uh, my website, which is www.ian, which is I-A-I-E-Y-R-E.com. I've got an extra I for my troubles when I was born. Um, and uh, I'm there a just a bit, bit about, <laughs> absolutely, uh, a bit more about me, what I do, who, who I work with, and some clients I've worked with on there as well, so you can see some of their success stories. But yeah, so you can find out more about it and even book in a, a time to, to sit down and go for a clarity session if that's what you're looking to do as well. Great. Are you able to work with people remotely or do you primarily work in people in your area? I am 100% online. Yeah, very Fantastic. much so. Um, I've got clients in the UK, Europe, Canada, America, and I've even got a couple of clients in Australia. So yeah, I truly am a global online presence. We'll put all the details for the resources and for how people can get in contact with you into the show notes and description so go and check that if you want to get in contact with Ian or see any of the things that we talked about today on the show Ian any final words to maybe encourage or inspire people at this time I wanted to leave you on my favorite quote which is from Jerry Rice for those you don't know but I was when I was growing up I was quite a big fan of the NFL even though we didn't see it much over here but I think it used to be on channel four and used to really like it. My favorite team were the 49ers. Jerry Rice was a, a big legend back in the day then. And, and his quote really is that, for me, it just sums up, I think, the ethos of not just working hard in terms of working out, but also what we do in business and why we're trying to strive for more every day. So for me, that's really my favorite quote. And it's, I'm gonna read it rather than say it just to make sure, sure I don't get it wrong because I, I would hate misquoting. And it's, today I will do what others won't so tomorrow I will do what others can't and I think that's fantastic it just it really does sum up everything about working hard deliberate practice and going out of your comfort zone to achieve what others can't be bothered to do <laughs> basically that's a great quote Ian uh, Ian, thank you so much for coming and being my guest on points of change I really appreciate it thanks thanks a lot no worries at all pleasure to be here thanks for having me Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, please consider subscribing so you don't miss any of our amazing upcoming guests like Erin McCulloch, my guest next week, who is here to talk about how she overcame debilitating anxiety that kept her house ridden for a long time to find instead impenetrable joy. And she's now teaching other people how to do the same in their lives. I'll look out for you next week. See you next time.